Welcome to all my buddies out there. It's another episode of BuddyCast. I'm here with a great buddy of mine. She's lived about next door to me my whole life. And she's been an awesome buddy, an awesome friend. And she's got a lot of musical talent. So let's welcome Brittany Barco. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So you're a musical therapist, correct? Yep. For our viewers out there, uh, could you explain what musical therapy is? Um, I will do my best. Mm-hmm. Um, so music therapy is, um, in a nutshell, a means of using uh, music in uh, a healthcare setting. So um, any goal that a patient or a group might have in a, in a health setting, whether that be... Um, um, someone who's experiencing pain because of a surgery or um, a child or adult on the autism spectrum, um, someone who's had a brain injury, um, individuals with behavior disorders, whatever those sets of, of goals are, music therapy finds a way to use music to reach those. And um, when it started in the 50s, um, as it was gaining traction, um, post-war, there wasn't much research out there and it was, it was pretty much like, um, let's play music to feel good, which has value in it itself. You know, we find our jams, we feel good. Um, music, uh, speaks to us all, but there's, um, there was gaining some more traction and in the science behind it, where we got uh, research to see like, this is how music affects the brain. This is how... Um, even if the brain is damaged, how music can, um, can sort of, uh, because it's a full brain experience, even if one part of the brain is damaged, another part, um, compensates for that because music is a full, it's a full brain experience. So, uh, there, there's certain avenues that I think maybe we can talk about as we go, but in a nutshell, it's, it's using music. Um, through a therapist to meet a non-musical. Nice. It sounds like there's a lot of benefits to it. Am I correct? Certainly. And just like anybody who goes through therapy, everyone has their their individual outcomes. Um, mm-hmm. the, the biggest example I like to use is that um, the majority of uh, strokes, um, which usually is a, a blood clot or a, a, a bleed, in the brain happen in the left side of our brain, which is where language happens. You know, we, we speak, we speak and we process words and language and read mostly from the left side of our brain. Um, and because a lot of strokes happen on that side, um, many individuals will lose their ability to speak, but they can still sing. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Because music is, does not have like a center, you know, back, back in, in ancient times, you know, music was here and thought was here. Um, when in, in reality, music is processed everywhere. And so um, a lot of the stroke patients I work with in rehab hospitals, we will sing folk songs in effort to get that language out and then transfer that to be able to say, my name is Bill, my wife is Susie. Um, so the benefits are like surprising 
because it kind of seems magical. It kind of seems like it's because it looks like a game sometimes. Um, but really, there's a lot of science and connections being made um, on a neurologic level uh, to, to kind of reroute any um, bumps in the road. I would have never guessed that in a million years that you're able to sing rather than when you're having like a when you're having trouble speaking and everything like that, like after a stroke or, you know, I would have never guessed that in a million years. So let me ask you personally, how did you get into music? Uh, mom always played piano and she played trumpet and guitar in high school. Dad was like the casual singer who sang uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog in his garage in a band through high school. Um, and so their, their hobbies kind of just, just filtered in to me as a kiddo and then decided like, oh, I'm six, I'm gonna take piano lessons. And then from there, um, got involved in church music when I was nine, um, which then led me to um, start doing um, little entertainment programs for nursing homes. Um, so realizing that, um, that like church can happen beyond church walls Seeing mm -hmm. these individuals in a nursing home who are lonely and, and somewhat disoriented because they're not home light up when they hear songs from their childhood was kind of that spark to be like, hmm. So um, I've always kind of straddled um, kind of three different domains of music where um, I do church music on the weekends and uh, jazz music um, in between with different colleagues of mine. And then... Um, music therapy where I'm going into hospitals and um, using it a little bit more prescriptively and then instead of just for entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned hospital visits. I think I've seen you like walk into Hammett one time with a guitar or something. Like, what's that like? What do you do? Like, is that what you described earlier? How you'll like sing them a song in order to see if they can like sing back or something like that or? Um, it, it's pretty, uh, situational. So like at Hammett, I, um, I, uh, work with mostly palliative care patients and then neurology. So when a nurse like puts in a music therapy referral, it's, um, it could be for like pain management or anxiety reduction. Um, there's actually studies done that show that, um, live music making can be um, just as effective, if not um, pretty close, in a form of pain management because the same chemicals are released in our brain when we're um, in a setting where, oh gosh, I've never played a drum before, what am I doing? But I create, you know, I find what, what music someone likes and create a situation where music making is successful and not scary. Um, you know, imagine, uh, imagine like you just had surgery for something and you've got these big binders on your, on your abdomen or something and you've got drains everywhere and you can't eat and you're miserable and your neighbor next door just keeps on hollering. Um, to have a, an experience that's somewhat a little unexpected but, but personalized and successful um, releases a lot of these feel-good chemicals that are going to supplement any pain meds that you're on.
Um, so that's that's kind of one situation at Hammett. Um, other other ones like on the palliative care floor where um, uh, we have um, comfort measures patients. So those are um, on their way out. Um, we will play music at the bedside to comfort the family or um, to help um, change a breathing pattern. So a little bit more not um, rehabilitative, but like um, oh, like uh, what would be the right word here? Um, supportive or like supplementary. But then you go up on the eighth floor and it's neurology. So that's recent strokes or um, epilepsy. Um, that floor music therapy might look a little different where I would be singing with the patient um, to help get words out or I have a lot of little um, percussion instruments that I use um, like different colored egg shakers or maracas or like wood claves things that you don't need any experience to play right um, mm -hmm. believe it or not um, and using music making in a sense like that to work on like thinking skills or um, orienting them to like oh it's actually july this is my name this is where i'm at this is what happened to me in a music sense it doesn't seem so um like in your face propositional but more of like a, this collaborative back and forth so a lot of a lot of nuance i suppose awesome do you have any like feel good stories from patients? Like any testimonials from your time visiting with them? Oh boy, uh, <laughs> there's there's just so many. Um, mm -hmm. One always sticks out to me um, for my internship. I, um, 2014, I interned at um, uh, Seidman Cancer Center in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. and um, referred to this gentleman who, um, oh, he had a screaming headache, rated it an eight, eight out of 10. He had this towel over his face, um, probably middle-aged man, and he didn't, for some reason or other, did not trust staff. And because he didn't trust staff, he didn't get any pain meds. So like, how can staff help him, give him pain medication if he doesn't trust him? It was an odd situation. There was a lot of um, probably previous experience that just, this is a miserable guy. And so here's this, this, you know, crazy clown looking person with a guitar on her back and a cart full of percussion instruments. And, and I charge in because I'm gonna meet him where he's at. And something that's interesting about, um, music therapy services is it's like it's voluntary you know if he doesn't want to do it he doesn't have to and how much can you actually choose when you're in the hospital everybody's telling you what to do and when to wake up and, and so so I go in there and it turns out he's a drummer and the more I'm just talking to him and telling him you know what I can offer and you know music making experience and, and what do you like and what are you rating your pain right now Meanwhile, he doesn't know that I know he's been refusing meds all morning. Doesn't let any nurse touch him. Um, but because I've got a guitar on my back, I look a little different, you know, and maybe, oh, this is just another human connecting, you know, on a human level here. 
So after a lot of like exchanges, um, I uh, I had my iPad rig for GarageBand, which is um, like a, a music making tool. Um, mm -hmm. And I get this drum kit set up on the screen and he's playing around with it and I've got it hooked up to a Bluetooth speaker uh, so that the sound is a little bit more um, legitimate. And so then he gets his feed going and then he calls out Billie Jean, Billie Jean. And um, it's very important um, for music therapists to, to know a lot of different kinds of music. So like mm -hmm. on a daily basis, I'll go from like Johnny Cash to Maroon 5 to Billie Jean. And I also like just to realize that I'm not ever going to know everything, obviously, right? There's just so much music out there. But um, I knew Billie Jean and I knew how to play it on the, on the keyboard. So he's got this beat going and this towel is still over his face, right? But he's let me in enough. He's trusted me enough in just what I, what I told him to like jam with him in the hospital room, right in bed, right? So he's he's jamming on this little drum thing and then I lay down the beat on the on the keyboard and then I start singing and then he takes a drum solo. His nurse starts just like walking in. She's like, huh, what's going on here, right? And then she starts jamming with us. I hand her a little egg shaker and you know, she's jamming, Billy Jean's not my lover. And in this maybe four minute experience, there was a bond created where not only when we were done, this gentleman um, rated his pain at a five. So we went from an eight to a five in a music making experience like that. But also when the nurse offered him pain meds, he accepted them because she was jamming in this um, in this experience where they were no longer like, you know, I'm in charge and I'm going to listen to you. But it, it was, you know, nurse and patient became human and human, just like jamming mm -hmm. to Michael Jackson, right? And, mm -hmm. and it was just fascinating to me that I was, I was able to be a vessel and I happened to know that tune, give him the right tools and support him and follow him give him the lead in his miserable state to like actually do something he wanted and have fun in the hospital. Um, that, that was, that's always going to stick out to me. And there's, there's similar situations that I experienced like in an inpatient setting like that, where, um, pain management can look like, you know, jamming on a, a big drum that I have. I have this huge paddle drum. It's probably like, like this big and it has a handle on it so it looks like a tennis racket but um, it's easy to move as a target so like if I'm if we're doing reaching activities so sometimes like pain management can look like that where they're, they're jamming to Led Zeppelin and they're getting all their you know, frustrations out like that but it could also be like doing some um, progressive mu muscle relaxation with the patient with like soft guitar in the background um, and we breathe in and out to like different rhythms and I sing some James Taylor because it reminds them of like their honeymoon or something. So it can look very different based on what, um, what people need and what they share. And it's, um, it's truly a gift to be able to, to kind of tailor, tailor that experience to what people need. Um, I'm sure 
even um I know I know that you like Elton John. Mm -hmm. So like I was about to ask that. What was that? I was about to ask that. Yeah. Um, so maybe for you, um, uh, if you ever found yourself in, in a setting where you needed to like, you know, you're stressed out about something and need to escape, you, you put on, um, I don't know, Rocket Man or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one I, I do really often. Um, but like, do you do for, I'm still standing? Uh, pardon? Do you do I'm still standing? Um, I don't yet. See, there's the thing. I'm always learning. I, I'll have to mm -hmm. learn that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but for um, for my brother, he loves uh, he loves stuff like John Legend, and um, oh gosh, I bet I bet if if we if the situation was right, pain management, but might be like singing Celine Dion with him because because we shared that as kids, you know, uh -huh. it's. So, you know, what you need in that moment and um, and having and having something um, something in mind where, you know, when we're jamming in a hospital room, it doesn't matter what what the music like actually sounds like. We're not recording it. We're not I'm not teaching a patient to play the drums right. Um, the goal in mind is, you know, coping with your illness, having someone safe to talk about. Here's all the bills that need paid and, and I'm dealing with and like I can't get my pain under control and I can't go to the bathroom yet. Like that's it's real life. So so having a space to do that um, and achieve a medical goal is what the music is serving, not mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. I know music's always an escape for me. I'm always, you know, anytime I could come home after a rough day at work or, you know, just Having one of those days is always good to just pull up the YouTube playlist and just hit play and just let it ride. And then you can ask my girlfriend before you know it. I'm still, you know, I'm singing. I'm still standing. Like I'm like singing all those songs, you know, I'm singing to the tune of Rocket Man, stuff like that. So let me ask you, you mentioned a lot of famous musicians back then. Like you mentioned Celine Dion, Elton John. Um, who were some of your favorite musicians? Oh man, they kind of change seasonally. Mm -hmm. um, my my parents um, grew up had us growing up listening to a lot of Motown and R and B, and so so like um, as far as far as like the the classics go, I I've got, I have a deep love for um, like Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles. Aretha Franklin. Um, I do a lot of their stuff like in my um, jazz sets with my little um, trio pre-pandemic, of course. Mm -hmm. um, oh man. But then I, I also appreciate, um, I studied voice in college and so like I would always listen to um, Natalie Desai and Cecilia Bartoli um, in the classical idiom when I was learning a new piece. But then there's always like James Taylor and Joni Mitchell, you know, that the whole like folk realm. And to be honest, as far as like new people go, I'm, I'm so behind Nick because like music in my life, you know, I'm learning and I have to learn a song by, I think Grace Slick 
I think that's the name for a patient this afternoon. Um, and so when I come home, I actually don't listen to music unless I'm learning it for a patient, you know, mm-hmm. music. Um, I can, I can still play it for enjoyment, but I, but I appreciate the silence at home too, because, um, it's like, okay, what song am I going to teach social skills to this kiddo for, or what song is going to be a good beat for this patient who just had a hip replacement to practice like stepping in time. Um, Oh, Alan Stone. Are you familiar with Alan Stone? I haven't heard one, but if I maybe if I heard like a tune of his or something like that, I would I'd know him. It's actually, um, I discovered him because uh, Drew and I went to um, a Training Goo Goo Dolls concert last August, and mm-hmm. Alan Stone opened for them. Oh, ah. so good! He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia Keys. Um, Lake Street Dive, that's another good group. Um, I appreciate their their vibe for. But uh, there's not too much I don't like. Nice. Um, except like Beach Boys. I can't really stand Beach Boys. But like if a patient wants it, I have to do it. So, so <laughs> what do I do? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's about something about their, their sound that's just like, uh, what do you like? Besides Elton John. Um, I'm a big, you know, my parents got me into like the classic rock era, like the Beatles. Um, what else do I like? I like a lot of things that I hear on movies, you know, like for example, I'm also a big Stevie Wonder fan. Love the song Sign Sealed Delivered, mm. you know, or Higher Ground. Um, you know, but yeah, mainly the classic rock era, like just, like, you know, like you said, Elton John, like the Beatles, like, um, you know, Bruce Springsteen, big Bruce fan, you know. Uh, he was actually my first ever concert. And, oh. uh, yeah, it was awesome. He ended with 10th Avenue Freeze Out and a tribute to Clarence. So Clarence Clemens, his old, uh, his old saxophone player. And it was beautiful. And then he, uh, and then I loved when he did the Broadway show. He did that little he did that uh, whole Broadway segment and in 10th Avenue Freestyle, which is my favorite song, obviously he does this whole tribute to Clarence. Like he just says like how they met, how the first time you ever heard him play, like it was like something he's never heard before and like just took him to this whole new dimension. And then like, he's like losing him was like losing a family member. It was like losing you're be- like a mixture of your best friend and your family all in one and just gave him like, like tribute. Like he stopped in the middle of the song and was just like, and then he said like, I'll see you in the next life, big man. And then like just started playing again and like went on to the, to the verse about, um, you know, the changes made in town when the big man joined the band. And cause he wrote that part about him. Like that was Clarence's part. And then, now I think Clarence's nephew is in the band too. Wow. Yeah, yeah big Bruce Springsteen guy. Um, another question I had for you was, I know from living with you as a neighbor, I know you teach a lot of lessons. Are you still doing that today or? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, actually, I, I kind of put that um, that hat of mine on the shelf for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So let's, let's see, I'll back up. 
So every music therapy student has to complete an internship. So that's what I was mentioning about Cleveland. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that in 2014 when right before all my lessons were ramped up, you know, 30, mm -hmm. 30 students in and out of my parents' house. God bless them for letting all those kiddos come in and out. Um, and then I, I went to grad school um, for music therapy in Michigan. And uh, when I when I moved back here um, to work in the private practice, I I wanted to just exercise my clinician muscle a little bit to to be able to have the time to, to really carve out, you know, like I'm a therapist now and I can always go back to be a teacher. Um, so so actually, no, 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 um, no lessons right now unless they're for um, individuals with special needs, because I'm still mm -hmm. kind of my, my therapy brain. Um, like I have a couple um, guitar students, we'll, we'll call them students, you know, like instead of clients or whatever, words, what are words? Um, <laughs> but but they, are, they are special learners. And so um, learning guitar for them is very different than, than um, like a neurotypical kiddo or a neurotypical adult. Um, so um, someday, Someday, you know, I might do some lessons again, but but I I'm I'm really appreciating having the time and the space to really exercise my my therapist muscles right now mm -hmm. because Lord knows there's always more to learn, there's always more research to read, um, and if I had lessons on top of that, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be as good of a therapist. In addition to um, when the world like calms down again and I get back to my church jobs, that will be a, a weekend commitment for me as well. So, so uh, not right now, but maybe. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. One thing that I ask a lot of people on the show is about COVID impacting their careers or whatnot. And you mentioned it like pre COVID earlier. How has it impacted you? Like with the hospital visits and all that? Yeah. Um, so in March, when, when it started, um, I was able to transition most of my private clients to telehealth, um, mm -hmm. which it's certainly not the same, but I've, I've adopted kind of the motto of some's better than none. We get probably like 75% done of what we would do like in person. So that was, that was an interesting adjustment. And then um, a lot of the hospitals um, that I contract for just didn't want extra people in the building. And um, now that it's July, I'm, I'm slowly getting back, slowly getting back to all my different contracts. Um, and so that, uh, that left me with some more time at home to catch up on paperwork. And to be honest, Nick, just like being in my house and, you know, still being able to to pay bills and like have a job that i know that i could go back to just led me to a really interesting place of, of gratefulness for a lot of stuff i was just too busy to to even acknowledge mm -hmm. um, and like a bird for the first time since i lived in my house in four years decided to make a nest in my awning and because i was home i got to watch this beautiful process of little mama bird in a nest and dad, who's red, I didn't even know this, the dad was red and, and mom was like little brown, um, coming to feed it. And I could see it right out through my, my, my front door, little window. 
and to watch the babies and so, like so just little moments of grace like that mm -hmm. um in addition to just gratefulness for for my my uh my privilege as a white person my privilege mm -hmm. as a college educated person who um that i can like pick and choose you know my job that the, like there's i take for granted a lot of that um my connections with Mercyhurst and uh, and teaching there, um, finishing the term out, teaching guitar over a little screen, and having everybody when they're when they're on uh, Microsoft Teams to have to put their their guitar and their camera so I could see it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of of gratefulness, despite you know, yeah, I had reduced hours, but but I'm okay, and I slept more, and I cooked more, so so. Uh, uh, Certainly, lots of silver linings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you: What are you up to today? Like, what are some things you're doing currently today? You know. Um. Today, today's Friday. Mm -hmm. Um. So, um. If it was, if it wasn't, co if, if the pandemic wasn't here, I would probably have a, a group of some sort in the morning, but that uh, that's kind of put on hold. But um, later today, I have um, I have a virtual uh, guitar lesson with um, a student with special needs. We are um, we're actually it's funny funny that I just mentioned gratefulness. We are writing a song about all the things that he is grateful for, and so basically he made a list of all the things he's grateful for. That's what he brainstorms over the week, and then I take it and then turn it into a song. We find words that rhyme and a little melody and i put chords to it that he knows um that's been amazing so we're going to finish writing that song today and then um, i contract with um, the inpatient rehab unit at lecom and mm -hmm. i've been back there for a few weeks now and so um, i'm there two hours every afternoon mm -hmm. another question i always ask i call my guest buddies here on the show hence buddy cast um i always ask my buddies here if you could have our viewers donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be? Uh, I think there, there's so many good ones, right? I think today though, uh, I'm gonna choose Lark, um, which is an organization that helps individuals with um, special needs. Can you repeat that so one time? I think it goes right there. Larsh, um, it's, it's L. -O a R C H E. Ah. It's French for the Ark. And <laughs> uh, there are houses um, all over the country, really, that, that instills this idea of um, those with special needs living with, with neurotypical people in, in communion. Um, and uh there's a there's a lot of, of beautiful backstory behind it um but i just i see really great things coming from larsh i appreciate that it's local even despite the pandemic they're they're doing a lot to, to keep things moving and to support um families and individuals who really rely on their services so so go larsh they probably mm -hmm. have a, a website you can donate to absolutely and my final ultimate buddy cast question. I ask this to everyone on the show. What is your advice for someone looking to go into music? Maybe like musical therapy as well, but just looking to get into music in general. 
to like play an instrument yeah play an instrument join a band yeah do some singing in their free time yeah oh well i guess for someone who's just getting their toes wet and uh and it's it's hard to start something new right mm -hmm. find a lot of we find a lot of excuses for starting something new. Us humans, you know. But I think we can bypass we can bypass that by like say say you want to learn uh, say you want to learn learn ukulele. Ukulele is a pretty easy one, and it's easy to hold. It's not too hard to like sound good quickly on it as compared to guitar. Um, some advice I give to both kiddos and adults is like. Find one song, find one song that you really love and you want to learn how to play it. And that's your goal. So whatever, whether you're taking lessons and you're just fooling around on YouTube or just making up stuff, have that in mind. So that's going to get, get you somewhere to work towards. Cause if you're just like learning chords or just like going through a book willy nilly without like, Oh, I want to play. Um, I don't know. Hey, soul sister or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Without that goal in mind, you're you're gonna like have more like reasons to have excuses and, and to fall off the horse. And like I myself, I myself, you know, fall into this. I wanted to learn Irish drum over the pandemic. Uh, are you familiar with that? that if I heard that, probably would be called it a bodron, a bodron. I've probably said it wrong. It's it's a frame drum, um, so it's kind of thin. But you use this little tipper to go to play it. And, and I'm familiar with, um, with like African drumming and um, like frame drumming with just a hand, like Middle Eastern style. And I just came up with every excuse to not like, you know, just discipline myself to, you know, learn this new instrument. But if I had one song in mind, if I wanted to, if I wanted to learn like whiskey in the jar or something and be able to play that, that Irish tune with this drum, I'll bet you anything I probably wouldn't have done better. So I better take my own advice. But but yeah, mm -hmm. just circling back around, have a goal in mind. Have a have an artist that you want to follow that gives you kind of some some inspiration. Because then you're gonna you're gonna wanna play along with that song. And then you're gonna learn the chords quick enough so that, oh, I was late for that one, but um, I'm gonna try again so that I can learn that one thing and then and then it's easier to keep going. It's easier to to uh, to challenge yourself and learn more chords and try harder stuff. That was beautiful. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on BuddyCast. I've certainly learned a lot about musical therapy and just music in general. So it was awesome chatting with you and catching up with you, you know, from all those uh, backyard conversations we'd have to, you know. Base or baseball? I would think I... I think I do. I think so. The one memory I always have is I remember we formed like a little club in my treehouse back here like centuries ago. Yeah. And that was always like it was us, the neighbors next to us. And like it was me, you, your brother, those two. And like that was just the, that was, those were the glory days, you know? Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And um, maybe maybe it's worth mentioning if um, if people are are interested in in music therapy, even if you just YouTube music therapy, there are a lot of fascinating videos fascinating videos that that show like different avenues of some of the things I highlighted, or um, the private practice I work for is uh, Lake Erie Music Therapy, and it has some some interesting fact sheets if, if people want to learn more. Yeah, most definitely. Give me one second here. Yeah, Lake Mu Lake Erie Music Therapy. Awesome. I'll have to we take a look at that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe I also give Mercy Hurst a shout out. I work for them too. We have a, a music program too. Um, it's uh, it's interesting for for music students like in high school now about figuring out what you want to do when you grow up, and. Um, What's interesting is, is like healthcare is not going anywhere. You know, there's always, sadly, there's always going to be uh, people who need help in a healthcare setting. So job security and fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. I had a blast. I hope you had a blast. Yes. And mm-hmm. most definitely. For all my buddies out there, I always end on this note. For all my buddies listening out there, go be someone's buddy today. We'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast. Thanks, Nick. Absolutely.